We're now going to turn our attention to um, this uh, trial that is garnering a lot of interest and attention uh, right now The um, of uh, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse, who traveled to Kenosha, Wisconsin, all the way from Antioch, Illinois, with a loaded rifle, which was he was too young to carry. He claimed that he was in Kenosha, um, where uh, protests had broken out uh, following the uh, a Wisconsin police officer shooting in the back and seriously wounding 29-year-old uh, Jacob Blake, a, a black man, and uh, his girlfriend and child were actually in the car when the police did this shooting. And of course, the police have not been held to account, um, no charges against them. Uh, people in Kenosha um, very upset about what had happened. Kyle Rittenhouse showed up fully armed and claimed that he was there, he was protecting a car dealership protecting property from being vandalized. He also said he was there to provide medical aid. He gave no medical aid, but he did shoot three people, uh, two of whom were killed. And then he calmly walked past police officers who seemed to greet him warmly. This after people were shouting to the officers that Rittenhouse had shot someone. And that trial goes to the uh you know, goes to the jury uh, today. So actually what we're going to do, I had a couple of clips prepared, but what I'd like to do is to actually go straight now uh, to welcome our guest, uh, Karen uh, Kutzen, who is president of CWA Local 7250. He's been active in uh, protests against police abuse, not only with uh, George Floyd, but also in what happened um in uh, Kenosha um, with the shooting in the back of Jacob Blake and others. So, um, Karen, welcome back to Sojourner True. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your show a lot. Okay, now, uh, your assessment of what is happening with this trial, uh, first of all, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, the judge uh, seems uh, somewhat off the chain in kind of a weird direction, uh, making racist comments, um, you know, also saying that the, the, the victims who were killed uh, couldn't be referred to as victims, but it was fine to refer to them as looters. And uh, this weirdness now happening with uh, just his instructions to the jury, he paused in the middle of it and didn't seem to be making much sense. Uh, your thoughts on what's going on? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's really important that we do put this in the context of everything that happened last year. I think you're right to remind everybody about what happened to Jacob Blake in Kenosha, which, what, um, that was right on the heels of what had happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis, uh, in the city that I live in, just one, one state over from uh, where Jacob Blake was shot in the back and paralyzed by police there. And the what made these exceptional was that the response from the communities, you know, who had finally just had enough and there were, you know, popular uprising in Minneapolis that involved tens of thousands of people. And in Kenosha, you know, which is a smaller, uh, formerly industrial city between Milwaukee and Chicago, um, where there's a, you know, long history of, uh, you know, a strong working class, but also one that's divided by race and where racism is a, is a big player 
in society and in everyday culture, there was a, a response there as well. And just like in Minneapolis, that response included both black and white people who were outraged at the obviously racist police conduct and the near murderous uh, shooting of Jacob Blake. And I think what Rittenhouse really represents was an attempt by the right wing to stifle and um, literally bury that, that spirit of standing up to this. And when the police couldn't do it in a way that, that maybe they would have liked to, then these white vigilantes became sort of the, um, the stick that was going to be used to try and uh, remind people to stay in their place and not to stand up. And it just happened to be that Rittenhouse was the one that pulled the trigger, but there are a whole number of, of armed right-wing vigilantes in Kenosha. could have been any of them. And so I think when we understand that context, then we can see the judge's actions as well, because what they really feared was not these, these white vigilantes, so-called protecting property over people, but they really feared the sort of the, the growing anger around the country at police murders and at racism and wanted to nip that in the bud. And so I think the judge is looking out for the people that were trying to help, you know, play that role. And almost all of his rulings have been aimed at trying to, you know, shore up the defense's position. At least that's how it looks from, from where I sit. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the coverage from the mainstream media, including the New York Times on down, there seems to be, you know, an effort to kind of paint uh, Kyle Rittenhouse as just this sympathetic figure, just this kid appealing, uh, you know, to um, white suburbia that this could be your son and him breaking down and, and weeping and, uh, you know, just quite a lot of sympathy for him. And certainly not much, if any, being shown at all for those who were killed, not to mention uh, Jacob Blake, who has yet to see uh, any justice. And I understand his father is outside the courthouse on a regular basis. But you're right to put this um, in uh, context here with the, this rise of vigilantism, uh, Karen, and um and militias across the country because he, Kyle Rittenhouse is a cause celeb among the white nationalists uh, right. And they've raised thousands of dollars you know, for him. They're coming right. into um, Kenosha um, and you know, if you contrast how Trayvon Martin for example, how he was viewed like he was a criminal all he was doing was walking with some Skittles and iced tea as opposed to a man, a young man, uh, you know, coming in armed, you know, um, just, just your thoughts on this. I mean, mean, I'm outraged. What you're saying is absolutely right. I think it really shows the the structural racism in the mainstream of society um, that, that is able to see someone like Rittenhouse as someone defending themselves when they're, you know, an outsider that's been brought into a city um, and kills people that are actually from the city who are outraged about what happened to Jacob Blake. And so it really shows, you know, how the, the system and our, um, the legal structure gives certain rights to uh, some people and not to others. And in this case, you know, the people that he shot 
were actually white as well, but they had crossed a line where they were, you know, no longer behaving as, um, as loyal people towards the system, but were, but were joining with their, you know, black brothers and sisters and being outraged at what had happened to Jacob Blake. And because that movement represented such a threat to the system, I think, then any means necessary to quell it were, um, were endorsed. And, um, and in that case, you know, Rittenhouse is presented as a, you know, upstanding citizen who was doing his best to protect and preserve the social order. And that's, you know, kind of the same goal of the, of much of the legal system. Yeah. And, and I mean, if, if you look at, I mean, here is Rittenhouse armed with a Smith and Wesson M&P 15, right? A weapon that he really shouldn't be, have much less show up uh, with it. But yet, you know, it was ruled, well, you know, you really can't pay attention to that because he was within his rights of carrying that weapon. But you know what? Imagine, uh, Karen, which a, a lot of us who are of African descent think, imagine if it was Rittenhouse was a young black man who had, was came to that protest armed with a weapon like that, shot and killed two white people and and wounded another, and then being greeted warmly by the police. Could you imagine even such a scenario? So, you know, and then the outrage that came up after George Floyd, after uh, Jacob Blake. Now the flip is, the, the script is being flipped and everybody's going on about critical race theory and all these white housewives who are really worried about their little you know, white children whose ears really can't, you know, be told the truth of what's going on in this country when it, when it comes to race. So, you know, just your thoughts on that. What if Kyle were black? I mean, would he yeah. be viewed in the media the way he is right now? It's, it's impossible to imagine that, it, that he would be. And, you know, that's obviously sad, but it's a accurate view of, of how, um, you know, race works in terms of upholding power in this society. And yeah, it's impossible to imagine a similar scenario where, um, you know, an African-American 17 year old was carrying an automatic uh, or semi-automatic rifle through the streets of the city and uh, shooting people uh, and the, the, that the system would embrace them. Yeah. It's impossible to imagine that. And I, I think it really just, it, it speaks to, you know, where we're at in terms of, um, you know, sort of sides being, being drawn and the fact that, that white supremacy has made, made it so people's sense of reality is so distorted is, is a, you know, a hard and dangerous thing. And um, I think you're also right that there's this polarization that's happening right now in which, unfortunately, a large group of people, not just white, but, but heavily white, are being consolidated around a really right-wing, reactionary, and um, dangerous pole in society. Um, and so we have to, you know, we have to organize, I think, number one, to defend ourselves and to make sure that our communities and our movements can operate and live safely. But then we also have to try and undermine, you know, that, that consolidation of, of this right-wing. Because the truth of it is, is, you know, objectively anyways, we should have, you know, people like Rittenhouse who come from working class families shouldn't be on the side of the elite and shouldn't be on the side of the state after the police kill someone. 
Um, we should be trying to, you know, pull people like that over to our side. That's not an easy task, much easier said than done. But I think we have to start doing things that will undermine the grip that those kind of politics are, are taking on, on a large number of people in the U.S. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right about that, because we know that race has been used to divide us in this country. Um, a, a, a lot of... Uh, anti-racist white people. We saw the death of Heather Heyer in Charlottesville. Now we see the the, the two uh, men who were killed in, by Kyle Rittenhouse, as you say, and injured people. I mean, this is a, was a multiracial uprising across the United States, including in Kenosha and across the world. And it does seem to me as though there's an effort to reverse that, uh, to, 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 to really undermine the coming together of people across race uh, to stand up uh, for justice. So, um, you know, we are going to be watching very carefully the outcome of all of this and see if uh, hopefully um, the powers that be, uh, the right wing will not succeed in further dividing us, but good people really finding their way uh, to each other to stand up for racial justice, climate justice, economic justice, and much more. So we will come back to you, uh, Karen uh, Kitson, as we continue to watch what ha what is happening now with this trial. Thank you so much for joining us. We're out of time. Thank you.